We want to go now to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good buddy. It's Ben Ingram, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves, kind enough to be with us on this Tuesday, talking a little Braves baseball as Atlanta gets set for another game tonight against the New York Mets. And uh, Ben, last night was a fun one. It feels as though Atlanta's probably still scoring runs, given how well they played last night. Yeah, that was a big one. I think when it comes to this series, this is a do-or-die series for the Braves. Um, and what I mean by that is I think they need three games or better in this series. If you don't do that, I think the Mets are in a really good position to go the rest of the way and win this division. So in order to have a good series, you needed to have a, a good first game. And they did that last night. And they took out a really tough pitcher, uh, came back after an hour-long rain delay, and Spencer Strider looked good, and the hits kept coming. So hopefully more of that tonight and the next two nights. With Atlanta last night, that 13-1 to victory, we also had a, a pretty lengthy rain delay. How did you occupy your time during that rain delay, Ben? Um, let's see. Well, last night, we were just kind of hanging out. I mean, uh, between Joe and Jay Chad and Chip walked in and some of the other guys from TV, we were just hanging out and chatting and, and things like that. You know, an hour... Uh, hour-long rain delay really isn't all that long. I think we have uh, we've had other rain delays this season that have been significantly longer than that. I know on the video board they're playing highlights of the World Series from last year, so I think we're all kind of <laughs> caught up watching that a little bit. So just kind of hanging in there and just waiting for the uh, the tarp to come off, and fortunately it did. And just knowing how long you've been doing this, you've got great rain delay stories as well. So had to catch in on and see how that went for Atlanta. What a sixth inning it was for the Braves, where it felt like everybody was getting a hit up and down the order. What's going to be the key to carrying that over the rest of the series? Well, you, you face a pitcher tonight in Taiwan Walker, whom you really did well against the last time you faced him. If you remember that series in New York, that was a five-game series. The Braves won one game, and the one game was against Taiwan Walker. This guy throws a ton of split-finger fastballs. He throws more splitters than he throws four seamers, and that pitch was not there for him the last time he faced the Braves. That pitch was up. They scored four runs in the first. They scored another four runs in the second inning and went on to win that game. Uh, so I, I think you're looking for the same thing, and you go into this with a lot of confidence. And I like the lineup that the Braves had last night. Uh, I, I think what you have to do to the Mets is what they've done to you. You have to get on base. You have to score a bunch of runs. I think the stat that really jumped out to me was going into last night's game. In the 12 games the Braves had played against the Mets this season, the Mets had won eight of those 12, and they had outscored the Braves 31-9 to in the first three innings of games. The conclusion is they're scoring early runs and they're holding on. So they were coming out, punching the Braves in the mouth and establishing an early lead and really dictating the pace of play in the ball game. I think the Braves really flipped it on them last night, scoring those runs early. And if you can do that again tonight versus the Mets, I think that's a path that would certainly work because the Mets aren't a team, in my opinion, that's going to overcome a significant deficit. I know they did earlier this season versus the Phillies, but the reason I say that is they're a team that's not a prolific home run hitting team. They're much more of a small ball team. They lead the, the big leagues in infield base hits. So if you have a big lead against them, I think they're going to have a hard time coming back, and I'd try to follow the same blueprint as you had from last night's victory. And, and Ben, this time last week, prepping for that Boston series, obviously coming off of losing four out of five in New York, and, and this team has not lost since then. They've won seven in a row. And what does that just say about the DNA of this team? Obviously, they're champions, and we understand that, although they, they continue to integrate new guys as well. We'll talk about Von Grissom in a moment. But to, to have such a, a, a disappointing series against a team that you've been nipping at the heels of for a while and then just be able to turn it around immediately, wash it, and, and go out and, and start a new win streak. Yeah, 
I think that's a really good question, and I, and I think it really leads to what we learned about this team last year. This team displayed an ability to put pat, uh, really bad losses behind them last year, and that really started around August, September of last season. I know they really weren't playing good baseball until then, but if you go back to the first week of September last year, they did not lose back-to-back games from there to the end of the year. Not in the regular season, not in the postseason, not the World Series. And they had a, a great ability of taking a bad loss, putting it behind them, getting out there the next day and getting after it. And I think the same would be said about that series in New York. Uh, sure, it was disappointing. You wanted to go in there and at least win two ball games, maybe even three. You didn't. Uh, but they knew that they had an ability to come back. They had an off day in Boston, bounce back the very next day. And we say it all the time about this game. Your momentum is, is as strong as your next day's starting pitcher. Uh, you could win 10 games in a row, but if you're not throwing a good pitcher that very next night out, you're not going to be the same team. Uh, they know what they're capable of, and they've had an ability to, to stay away from panic. And there might be other teams that would go to New York in that situation, drop four out of five, and that put them in a tailspin for the rest of the season. Not this bunch. Uh, it, this is a bunch that has the ability to really have a short-term memory, move on to the next ball game, and get back into the win column. And I, I think that ability is what helped them win a championship last year. And I think it, that ability has got them in position to still catch the Mets, that the, that the team that they're trying to catch. So um, I, I think having the ability to jump back in versus the Red Sox, win those two ball games, and then sweep the Marlins, and then you bring a big winning streak into this series, and now things are completely different. It's a completely different feel going into this series with the Mets than that last series against the Mets in New York, and I think that's a, a major quality for the success of this team. Of course, Braves country has been captivated by the first week of Von Grissom's career, Ben. Uh, I'm curious for you, having seen him in person now for a week, what impresses you about him? And then uh, just a theme of this year with these young guys he and Michael Harris coming straight from double A, a move that we don't see all the time, but these two guys so far have not missed a beat. Yeah, they've been great. And to see those guys who are 21 years old and do the things that they're doing, you don't see that very often in baseball. Uh, going back to your first question, I think for Vaughn, the most impressive thing is he hasn't seemed overwhelmed by the moment. I think that moment would be overwhelming for most 21-year-olds, especially making your debut at Fenway Park. Uh, then you're thrown into a series against the Mets. It's an enormous series. And uh, he doesn't seem to be treating this any differently than he would have a, a series in double-A in uh, against Pensacola or someone like that. That's really impressive to me. He's a gamer. We've, we've learned that about him at spring training each of the last few seasons. Brian Snitker has spoken very highly of him, and uh, he's liked what he has seen at spring training. But you're seeing this guy get an opportunity, and I think he's done a great job seizing that opportunity, seizing that moment, and, and playing extremely well. And I think on top of that, anytime you join this ball club and you're in the shoes of a Vaughn Grissom or, or someone else coming up from the minor leagues, it's not the thing. You haven't reached the finish line. Getting to the big leagues isn't the end goal. There's an expectation of you when you come to this ball club, when you walk into that clubhouse. There's a standard set. This isn't just the big leagues and we're here to have a good time. There's a standard there to win, uh, to get out there and get back to the World Series, win it again. And I think that forces young players to step up and maybe play at a level level that they didn't realize they could play at. And I, I think that's been really impressive. You see Vaughn off the field. You know, we see him in the hotel or on the bus or in the clubhouse, and he's very much a kid. I mean, he doesn't even look 21, in my opinion. But he gets out there on the field, and he plays with a confidence and an ability that's certainly exceeding his years. And it's been really fun to watch that out of a 21-year-old.
Ben, I want to stick in the minor leagues, but not for a minor leaguer. Starting tonight, Mike Soroka is getting his first rehab start, schedule of his first rehab start up in Rome tonight. What are the Braves looking for, at least early during this rehab stint, to see from Mike Soroka? Sure. I, I think it's just to get out there and see how everything feels. And, and, and really, look, you're going to want to see results, that's for sure. Anytime you're out there, you want to see results and, and see how you feel structurally. But I think the biggest answer to Mike's rehab is how does he feel 24 hours later? Uh, how does he feel after getting up and getting down multiple times? How deep can it go? This is certainly going to be not just an inning-by-inning process. This will be a pitch-by-pitch process. And just getting him back into action, uh, I think that's really big for him. I think it's really big for, for his uh, mentality and, and where he feels about where he is and his rebound. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I'll be interested to see what the reports are for him 24 to 48 hours later, how everything feels structurally and what the next step is for him. And then sticking with that theme, Ben, let's talk about Ozzy Albies. I think he is getting close uh, to rehab. Assignments were at least getting on the field, I think, on last check. Uh, what is his status? And then kind of a follow-up to that, kind of piggybacking back off Von Grissom. Uh, whenever Ozzy is able to come back, it will be this year, um, what do you think the Braves might do with Vaughn, especially if he continues to keep hitting at the rate he is? Good news is we we do not have to know the answer to that right now. I don't think they know the answer to that right now. The good news is they have a surplus of guys who have stepped up and gotten the job done. And I think that might be one of the biggest differences in teams who make it to the postseason and teams who don't. You could look at a, a wide variety of teams who back in April, May, maybe even June were playing good baseball, but they had their fair share of injuries like every single team does. And what are your answers when you have an injury? What are you going to do when you lose a key player? Do you have the guys who can step up, give you depth, and keep your team floating along? Or does that become a hole in your boat and eventually sink your boat once you get into July, August, and eventually September? I think the Braves are a perfect example of a team that has the depth to continue to win. I think what Orlando Arcia did stepping in for Ozzy was terrific. And and once Orlando went down, you get a, a major contribution from Vaughn Grissom. And no one thought we'd be saying that. Uh, but given the fact that they've had those issues, they've had those needs, they continue to call upon guys and they continue to show the depth that they have and they continue to win baseball games. I think once Ozzy comes back, and, and hopefully that's pretty soon. I saw him running out of the outfield earlier today. He has a long way to go still. Uh, in, in terms of getting back to 100%, but you would hope that at some point in September we could see that. Once he does, then uh, I'd imagine that they would ease him back in. I don't think it's once Ozzy's 100%, you just throw him out there every single day. I think he's going to be treated the same way that Ronald was treated this year, where they eased into it with Ronald. You could use Ozzy as a DH. You could use Vaughn as a DH. Keep in mind, Vaughn came up as a shortstop. That's his natural position. And if you wanted to give Dansby a day off, you've got a guy who could play some shortstop and things like that. So you'll have options, and they'll probably figure that out once we get there. You mentioned the Mets game coming up again tonight. Our guest right now, Ben Ingram, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves. You can listen to Braves baseball right here in the Auburn area, AM 1230 WAUD. Uh, Taiwan Walker gets the baseball tonight for the Mets. What about Wednesday and Thursday? What are other storylines that we need to be following? Obviously, this division race is a huge one, but what are some of those pinpoint notes for the games the rest of the way this series? Sure. I think when it comes to games three and four, a lot of that hinges on game, game two tonight. And the reason I say that is if you find a way to win tonight and do what you did last night, 
then you go into games three and four very relaxed. And I think that's the best you can ask for when you're facing Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. If you can win tonight, then you go into those next two games knowing you just need to beat one of those guys. Uh, and that's going to be challenging in itself. It's not easy to beat either of those guys. But you don't want to lose tonight and then go into games three and four knowing you have to beat Scherzer and DeGrom <laughs> to take three out of four in this series. Uh, so I think a lot of what happens in games three and four hinges on tonight and their ability to win or, or uh, and, and get the job done in tonight's ball game. Uh, furthermore, I, I think seeing those guys in, in close proximity with each, with each other, just like we saw Scherzer and DeGrom uh, on the last road trip, I think that will help to a degree. Uh, it's a hot lineup right now, but those two guys are two of the best in the big leagues. You have to just find a way to grind them down, and you hope that your pitcher can go toe-to-toe with those guys and be equally as good. Um, and that's going to be a challenge for Jake Odorizzi, who will go in game three, and then whomever the Braves decide to go in game four. That decision has not been made yet. That'll either be Kyle Wright or Kyle Muller. And um, it'll be a big challenge. But it, like I said, you win the night, and that makes it a little bit easier on you in games three and four. And then, of course, coming up this weekend, the Houston Astros are coming to town. Ben, you mentioned a little bit earlier a rain delay last night for fans there at Truist Park. There are some highlights of the World Series, and I would imagine it's hard to start to describe a Braves and Houston Astros series coming up this weekend without starting with the fact that these two teams last met last fall uh, for the World Series. Yeah, there's no question about that. Joe and I were talking about that the other night on the air. And I told him, for as long as I live, anytime I hear the, the city Houston, Texas, the first thing I'm going to think about, whether I'm 45 years old or 95 years old, is going to be the 2021 <laughs> World Series. There's just no, there's no way that, that anything else is going to top that when it comes to name recognition with Houston, Texas, and the 2021 World Series. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, having some of those memories and going down memory lane during those broadcasts over the weekend will be a lot of fun. But it, it could be a matchup that we see again. I think the Astros right now, in my opinion, look like the best team in the American League. They continue to win. Uh, they're looking for their third pennant in their last four years. And that's a team that just might do it. So they're going to be really, really tough. You see two of the best teams in baseball in the Mets and the Astros on this homestand. And, and if you can take four out of seven, that would be a very successful homestand. You do even better than that. And we're talking about the kind of homestand that could really launch you into the month of September. So a big challenge, but a, a challenge that this team is looking forward to. Have a great call tonight, Ben. We certainly do appreciate the time that you take to visit with us here on the radio show. You got it, fellas. Thanks for having me.